exalt, empower, embrace. This is the Park Street Family Ministry Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 25 of the Park Street Family Ministry Podcast. This is Adam Herndon, wishing you a very happy new year uh, today. If you're listening on the day this podcast come out, January 1st of 2021. So we did it. Congratulations, everyone. We survived 2020. So goodbye, 2020. Welcome, 2021. Uh, hopefully things will start to get back to normal soon as we move later and later into this brand new year. Uh, today we are going to talk about New Year's resolutions just for a couple minutes. We will then move into a little discussion on Epiphany. And then I'm going to start a series on navigating social media with our preteens and teens. And so if you have kids who are in that age of life or about to be in that age of life, this should be very helpful to you. I hope it will be. One of the things I get asked about most often by parents is how do I navigate this topic of social media with my preteens or my teens? Should they be allowed to have it? Uh, What do other people do? What are some guidelines and those types of things? So we're going to really start digging into that topic over the next few months and maybe maybe weeks. If I'm on my game, I may do more than just once a month. But to begin, I am a big fan of the New Year's resolution, as long as it is attainable. It's easy to make New Year's resolutions that are a little unattainable. For example, if you only exercised and stuck to a diet maybe five times all of 2020, it would be a little unreasonable to set a resolution to exercise every day of 2021. But along with whatever other resolutions or commitments you make to begin 2021, I would encourage you to sit down as a family and to think about your spiritual life together and come up with a few spiritual resolutions for your family. They should be things that you come up with together. If you get your kids involved and they have some say in what are the spiritual resolutions for your family, the more buy-in you're going to get from them. them. You may remember in our last podcast with Mark, he talked about how helpful it can be for kids to have something tangible to do as a part of the spiritual practice that you're doing with your family. And we talked about that around Advent our family actually took a suggestion from Mark, and one of the things that we've done every night uh, during Advent is to light the Advent wreath. And while we did that, we would say John 1, 4, and 5, and each kid would get a turn uh, lighting it every other day. And it became a high point for them, and in no time they were reciting the verse all on their own, and they really enjoyed it. So as you think about resolutions for 2021, try to think of things that We'll give your kids something tangible to do and give them some say, and it will encourage them to participate and also actually help keep you accountable to them as well. A few suggestions could be maybe three nights a week. You try to pray together as a family, giving each person in your family a different uh, rotating through who leads. Perhaps you you know, pray for friends or you pray one night you pray for 
people in their schools or you pray for your neighbors or uh, some, some other person or place that's important to your family. Perhaps another resolution could be is commit, committing to reading the Bible at least one night a week as a family. And if you do that, I think three simple and great questions to ask around that are, what does this passage say about God? The second one is, what does this passage say about us or me? And third is, how is this passage calling me to be more like Jesus? So three simple questions you can ask around any passage of Scripture you read. And the lectionary or the daily office is a great place to go to if you have trouble figuring out what you want to read. Um, or another way you can get your kids involved is let them pick uh, what passage they want to read that night. You could just walk, or you could walk through a whole book of the Bible. Lots of options. If you need any suggestions on where to get started with Bible reading, please reach out to me. I would be happy to help you with that. Another resolution for your family could be maybe you serve somewhere as a family once a month, twice a month. You pick an organization that you guys go to and help out. Or another resolution could be making a greater effort to get to know your neighbor a little better. So, but whatever you can do to give your kids a job or a responsibility in that, if they're older, perhaps having them leading, doing the reading, something like that. Anything that gives them something tangible to do, will they will have more buy-in and be more excited to do. One Another thing I recommend, maybe it could be a resolution, it would be a short one, is to celebrate Epiphany with your family. As Mark said in our, pod, in our last podcast, the church calendar is a great way to mark time as a family. It is a helpful tool to have spiritual conversations with your kids around and incorporate Christian traditions in your home. If you're like me and you came from a home that didn't have many of those types of traditions or practices, it's a great place to start. However, there are many other ways to do it as well, so it is by no means a requirement of the faith to follow the Christian calendar, but it is a tool that is available to you if, you, if you're looking for some structure and guidance and how to incorporate uh, more faith conversations and traditions in your home. So on Wednesday, January 6th, is Epiphany in the church calendar, where we celebrate the day that the Magi or wise men found or arrived to worship and present Jesus with gifts. It marks the end of the Christmas tide or Christmas season in the church calendar, which goes from uh, Christmas to 12 days afterwards. It represents the manifestation or the revelation of Christ to the Gentiles, in John 3.16, we a verse many of us are familiar with. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. And Epiphany is that reminder that God, uh, Jesus, is uh, the Savior of the world, not just for the Israelites, but he is the Savior of the whole world. That includes all people groups. And, of course, that promise didn't just begin with Jesus, or that, or God's love for the world did not just begin in Jesus, but it was God's intention from the beginning of time, all the way back to Genesis 12, 3, when God is giving this promise to Abraham, and we get a tangible look at what the line of the Messiah, the Savior, would come from. In Genesis 12, 3, it says, then all the, God says to Abraham, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
showing God's love for all peoples on the earth. And so the calling of God's people was to be a blessing to the nations. And we, in, in Epiphany, we celebrate the kind of manifestation or the coming together of this promise. Uh, a great memory verse for you during the season of Epiphany, which goes, the season of Epiphany goes all the way up till Lent, which starts at the, uh, I believe Ash Wednesday is the last Wednesday of February. One a great memory verse to, uh, to work on with your family through Epiphany is from Malachi 1.11. It says, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. And we're reminded there that God is a God of the nations. And his love is for the whole world. And then another thing you could do during Epiphany is just read the passages. It comes from Matthew 2 is where you, we find the story of the Magi. Uh, so I'll just read a couple of those verses. in Matthew 2, starting, it starts in the beginning, but we'll pick it up in verse 9. After they had heard the king, they went, that's the Magi, they went on their way, and they and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And we also see this proclamation in another part of the birth narrative is in Luke 2 when the angels show up to the shepherds. He says, they say, but the, or, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be cause for great joy for all the people. So in Epiphany, we are celebrating that Christ is the Savior of the world. It is the revelation, is the kind of symbolic of the revelation of Jesus to the nations and the Magi, obviously, in the story, represent the nations uh, coming to Jesus. He is their Savior as well. So a great thing for us to celebrate as families. And so what are some ways, some ideas that you can celebrate this as a family? Uh, one is simp- the simple way is just simply read the story in Matthew 2 of the Magi coming to present Jesus' gifts and worship him. One way we like to do it in our family is the traveling wise men. And so we, I can't remember where we got this idea from, but it was by no means original to us. But we move our wise men all over our house. And so every morning the kids have to get up and go find the wise men. And their wise men or the magi are making their journey to Jesus. And they will get there on Epiphany. And so every day the kids love getting up and trying to find where the wise men are on their journey to our nativity. So if you have a nativity set in your house somewhere, just grab the wise men and start moving them around. I promise your kids will love it. Another thing you can do is just simply throw a special dinner. Have another big feast to celebrate the day that the, uh, the Magi came and presented gifts, the symbol of the nations worshiping Jesus. So I encourage you highly to 
think about celebrating Epiphany. Just another thing you can do to uh, incorporate faith into your home. All right, so moving on. So now I just want to spend the rest of our time together starting to tackle this animal of social media. As I said in my intro, it is the it is one of the things I get asked about more than any other as a uh, in in youth ministry. Parents want to know when should I let my kids on social media? Should I ever let them on social media? What social media platforms should they use? And the questions just go on and on and on. So today we're going to begin a series of talks on social media. In the coming months and maybe weeks, if I'm on top of it, we will hear from different uh, Park Street Church parents who are on staff and how they have managed social media with their kids. I will say that every teenager is different, as you have probably figured out, if you have your own or maybe you have a couple and there's no one-size-fits-all parenting strategy, but hopefully these talks will serve as a scaffolding for you as you navigate this topic with your preteens and teens. One thing that we can absolutely cannot do as we think about social media is to isolate it as something completely separate from our culture, from the environment that our adolescents grow up in. It doesn't just sit in its own neat compartment. How our kids interact with and use social media is a reflection of their culture, their environment, their psychology, and also where they are at in their own physical development. And we just can't simply pull it out and, and act like it's its own separate thing. All those other things in their life are going to affect their desire to use it and how they use it. Addressing social media without uh, without those other influencing factors would be like a doctor putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg. If we don't address where the motivation is coming from, if we don't address what is happening on the inside of the person, then we're not going to be we're not going to be actually fixing or working on the problem. We're just going to be kind of putting a Band-Aid over what we can see. And so we, when we think about social media, we want to be really invested, not just in the social media aspect of our kids' lives, but really all the things that underline like how they are using it. But the reality is, is that social media and our kids' use, our teens' use of social media is inevitable. I mean, it's in every aspect of our world, and we can delay it as long as we want to. And as a parent, that is your right to do. You can delay it as long as you think is right to do so. And I don't believe that there's necessarily a right or a wrong way as far as the time. A lot of that depends on our own kids, uh, their, 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 their health and their sense of responsibility and many other things. Uh, so I, I don't think there's necessarily a perfect right time to say, okay, now you're allowed to get on social media. Uh, but even if we delay it, we push it off all the way to our kids go to college and we restrict them from being able to get on it, eventually they are going to get on social media. Like I said, it may they may not get it until they go to college if we delay it as long as possible, but at some point they will be on social media because you know many of you are on social media so most 
most parents have some a Facebook page and Instagram. If you're a hip parent, maybe you're on Snapchat or TikTok or something like that. But social media is inevitable. And so it's important that we help our teens, our preteens, to understand themselves, their environment, and the culture they live in uh, through the eyes of Scripture. We want them to have a healthy sense of self that is grounded in Scripture and who they are in the image of God and as a, uh, a son or daughter or, I should say, a brother or sister of Jesus Christ. And so we want our kids to have a solid and I say kids, of course, I mean teens or preteens. We want them to have a solid foundation for navigating through and entering into the world of social media. Because social media is a complex animal, especially as a adolescent. You may, if you followed this podcast back when I first started a couple years ago and, 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 and ran out of gas, uh, I talked a little bit about social media, just really brief intro, and ne- didn't get into it. But one of the things I shared is just how complicated social media is. Essentially, it is worlds colliding. And one of my all-time favorite episodes of Seinfeld is when George's worlds are colliding. I'm going to play a little clip of that for you now. Well, that was really a stupid thing. <laughs> you know what's going to happen now? Worlds collide. Well, yeah. <laughs> Because this world is your sanctuary, and if that world comes in contact... Yes, it blows up! So if you know that, what did you tell Elaine for? I didn't know. Kramer told me about the worlds. You couldn't figure out the world's theory for yourself? It's just common sense. Anybody knows you gotta keep your worlds apart. This is not good. Worlds are colliding. George is getting upset! And so in that scene, right, he has his 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 best friends and his girlfriend. And then and for George, those are separate worlds. And his friend Jerry invites his girlfriend to get to know his their good friend Elaine. And and George was furious because he's Jerry has now combined his two worlds. His friend world was his sanctuary, and then his other world was over there. And it's the same way. Uh, it's the same thing for adolescents and social media. If you even think about your own growing up, you had little pockets of worlds. You had your your school world. You had your church world. If you grew up in church, you may have had your sports or clubs world or where you served. You had all these, your neighborhood. You had kind of all these different pockets of people, and they never really they never really mix unless you intentionally invited one friend into the other. But in social media, all of our kids' worlds are colliding together. They're all right there. And as an adolescent who is trying, who's has a lot going on in their brain, you know, their their body's being introduced to hormones at new levels they've never known. They're trying their prefrontal cortex is 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 starting to really develop and they're trying to learn how to make good decisions and their brain is trying to figure out a whole bunch of things and you take somebody in that state and introduce them to a place where all of their different worlds are in one spot and seeing each other and relating to each other like that's stressful i mean that that's hard to navigate and so Social media is such one of the reasons it's such an animal for our adolescents is because they have they have to navigate all these worlds simultaneously. 
And that's not something that we used to have to do as adolescents till much later in life when we really started to develop a core sense of self. In adolescence, we're kind of navigating where, who we're going to be and what type of person we want to be. And so all these different environments or worlds that, were a, that we were a part of growing up kind of gave it, let us get a feel for the different, like, okay, this is, this is kind of how these people are and this is kind of how I act and interact with this setting. And then in this setting this is kind of who I am and how I interact with these people. And then eventually kind of from all that, we piece together like, okay, this is the type of person that I want to be, or this is who I am. This is what I, I am about now that I've navigated all these different worlds separately. And all that kind of eventually comes together on your own in your own terms. And that's how it was for me as an adolescent. That's probably how it was for most of you as an adolescent. But now in the social media world, all of these worlds come together and they're trying to navigate all this in a really mixed and messy space. And it's very hard to do. And so if if our preteens and teens don't have a healthy foundation to start interacting with that world, it could lead to some serious problems and stress and anxiety and all these other kind of negative things that we usually associate with social media. But if we start getting to the root things and we start building the foundation of our kids' lives uh, as they enter into that world, it will be super helpful for them as they start to as all the as they start to interact in all of those different worlds, and they all kind of coming together in that one big place of social media. And so, some of the different worlds that we're going to look at in the life of adolescents or, or areas in the, in their life that we want to look at that uh, we don't want to isolate from social media are. One, the religious landscape. So we're going to talk about what is the religious landscape of adolescents today. Two, the culture of performance and stress that they live in. Three, we're going to look at the loss of community or what's called social capital in the lives of our adolescents today. We're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the digital environment that they're growing up in. We are going to spend a little bit of time uh, or maybe not, we'll probably spend a whole episode on their psychological development, what's going on in their brains and in their hearts and in their souls. And then we're going to talk about their physical development. That's probably more of the neurology, what, like what's happening um, in their brains. And so in psychological development, we'll actually spend a little more time talking about their, their identity formation. So we have all of those things that are simultaneously like underlying their use of social media and all those different all those different places speak into their use of social media and how they view themselves and so as parents we want to navigate the messages that those worlds are sending to our adolescents because if they don't have a solid foundation or an answer to some of those things like they like our kids need an answer to the culture of performance and stress that they live in they need help navigating that because if we don't help them, and also with the loss of community, with a, the, a lack of adult involvement in their life on a significant level, that's going to impact how they use social media. Because now instead of looking to the adults around them, they're going to start looking to their social media community. If they are feeling stressed out and anxious and not valued or appreciated in this culture of performance and stress that they live in, then they're going to go to social media to try to find affirmation and validation. And and if they don't 
and the, when they just don't find that there either, then that's when they that we start seeing anxiety and sh- and high levels of stress and all these things in the lives of our adolescents. And so, as parents, it's important that we don't just focus on social media as its own entity because all those other things that are underlying their use of social media um, or all those things underlie how they value and use social media. And if we as parents don't start, if we as parents don't address those different aspects of our kid's life, then they're, they will have a really difficult time navigating through social media. So that is our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Park Street Family Ministry Podcast. Once again, Happy New Year to you and your family. I hope it is a much better year than 2020 was. I'm looking forward to diving into this topic of social media a little deeper with you over the next few months as we consider the different environments and culture that our teens are growing up in and how those things are really what drives their social media use and really how how they use it and how they interact with it and what we as parents can do to give them a solid foundation that they will start finding a healthy sense of self that is rooted in Jesus Christ. Happy New Year, everyone.